welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hey everyone, the NBA season is underway and there is no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point of total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, here on All-Star Sunday Night. Joining me, Jason Sunkel from the Hoop Heads Podcast. Jason, how are you? Good, Justin. I, I'm going to start the podcast off with Go ahead. with eating Go crow. Ahead. <laughs> the last time I was on with you, I was all about keeping Andre Drummond. Now, I want to be clear here. When I when I thought Andre Drummond, I was all about him being on our team. He really hadn't had an outburst or a negative situation yet. Would you agree with that statement? It was a different time. Yes, it <laughs> yes. was. So, it was not the so same was, situation then that, that we are in now. Yeah, so. So my argument would be, when I said that we would keep Andre Drummond, I think I had a legitimate argument. Obviously, that uh, has tailspinned, <laughs> that is gone. <laughs> and I think, I think the real question is, and I know we're going to talk about trades and what the possibilities are, especially probably in lieu of the Blake Griffin news. Um, I, I think it's interesting 
uh, to see where the what's going to happen with Drummond. But the real question is, is, is Drummond even capable of being a part of a winning franchise? Because I don't know if a winning franchise is going to want his negative energy around. And that's just what I'm going to say because, uh, like I said, I was all about him. He's a great stat stuffer. But I'm I'm not I'm not thinking that if I'm you know obviously the Nets aren't going to be making the move now but if if I'm a team that's on what I think is the brink do I want to bring Andre Drummond in I'm going to say the answer is no um, unless you can get him for really cheap you're not going to want to mortgage anything for him because obviously uh, he's not necessarily a guarantee there's no guarantees with Andre Drummond that's what I'm going to say. So I wanted to well, eat my eat crow before Dan started yeah, like yeah. <laughs> uh, bombing the podcast and yelling at me. So yeah. I want to own it. I I will say whenever a trade happens, uh, assuming that there is a trade, hopefully there's a trade. Uh, it, it most likely will be for cheap. Uh, I think that the Cavaliers are capable of getting an asset for him. We'll see what that ends up being. But um, yeah, it, it, you make a fair point. Just because I mean, we're talking about contenders, and you know, could they or could they not use Andre Drummond? Um, I think. One of the things you just kind of have to think about is one, just the negative energy and you know the, the culture and the, the locker room vibes, but um, also just the on court stuff. How is the offense going to look with him out there? You know, in, in Cleveland, he kind of got his post touches on a team with you're assuming other you know multiple stars. Is he going to be able to kind of settle in as just a role man or someone who can just kind of chill in the dunker spot? you know, catch lobs, you know, just do the offensive rebounding stuff, you know, set actual screens and set good screens and move around a little bit off ball if you're able to. But, um, you know, so much of what we saw, especially at the end in Cleveland, was just kind of taking over the offense at the end of every possession um, and just kind of doing his own thing. And that's not winning basketball. I think, you know, for what we had there for a little bit when he was engaged um, – you know, kind of carried the team for a while. And I, I, that's why I think, you know, at the time of the Jared Allen trade, I think that kind of was the beginning of the end, without a doubt. Yeah, for but, sure. For sure, I agree completely. But as time went on and we just kind of saw that, you know, there wasn't even a chance of him staying, I think it was just kind of the lack of focus coming into play and just the lack of willingness to, to do the things that he was doing before. Um, as someone who was a big... <laughs> Andre Believer earlier in the season, Jason. Is, would you say that's the biggest thing that's changed with him in your eyes? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I truly believe. I think the Jared Allen trade was the, the, the nail in the coffin because his attitude completely shifted. You could totally see it. As soon as Jared Allen – listen, the thing is this, though. I This is the part that I don't understand, Justin, is that Andre Drummond knew he wasn't probably a part of the Cavs' future, and he probably didn't want to be a part of our future. Right? Would you agree with that statement? Like, are you talking about before the season? But I'm saying when the season started. Do you really think yeah. that Andre Drummond thought he was gonna? Do you think Andre Drummond was like, oh, well, he yeah, was I'm mulling be here not for... even. He was mulling not even picking up his player option. That so, was so like that, a legitimate so storyline. That's the, story that's the, the point that I want to make is like, what did the, what does he expect the Cavs to do? Cater to his needs or build for the future? And the answer should be, if he wants to be a good teammate, it's build for the future. Maybe he went to school with James Harden. I don't know. But what I'm saying is this. It just doesn't make like it doesn't make sense to me that yes, we we made a trade and we got Jared Allen and and more than likely are going to go that direction. But for him to just completely tank after that trade is mind-boggling to me because it's not like he expected to be here in the future. He didn't expect to be here. And it's not and he should of all things we're probably, I mean, I'd like to think they have a chance at making the playoffs, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So the thing is, he should just go out there and play 
as well as he can for the minutes that he has because he wants to have a good contract next year. And this is not going to help him get a good contract. There's no doubt in my no, mind. I, this has hurt. This has hurt him more than it oh, has helped absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yeah. Just looking at and, and you know, you can talk about you know a big discussion is are the Cavs going to trade him or will they have to resort to buying him out? Andre, in theory, could sign somewhere for more than the minimum if a team has it. Um, I think technically, uh, and we'll get up to the Nets, but a team like the Nets has, uh, I believe, still their taxpayer mid-level exception, and they also have that disabled player exception for uh, for Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, there are other teams with, you know, either a taxpayer mid-level or something that gives them, you know, a little bit more spending power than the minimum. But the thing is, any other team that he signs with right now isn't going to have his bird rights at the end of the season. He's going to be on a non-bird, and he's going to be on a tiny contract. So anybody who's going to re-sign him is going to have to do it with cap space, most likely. And it's going to have to be a team with cap space, or he's going to have to accept a really small contract. Um, or he's, I've got the I mean, perfect team for him. I've got a perfect team for him. You ready? I'm ready. The, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> yes. Um, Put Russell the, Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and Andre Drummond on the same team. That sounds like Would a wizard be, move. That sounds like a it, wizard move. It does move sound right like there. a wizard move. Is that the best situation he's been in winning wise? If that trade is made? I, I would think so. I well no, Detroit made the playoffs that one year and then promptly got swept by the Cavs, but they 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 actually were competitive in that series. I, I think that's that's overlooked a lot. I think Detroit was far more competitive oh, than anyone yeah. thought they were gonna be, right? They were swept, but they were more competitive, correct? They, they were it was it wasn't they didn't just fall over. I mean it it was a competitive four games. It was that's just only the, four that's games. That's probably the most competitive first round playoff matchup that LeBron had been in in that in that whole eight in that whole final stretch, right? The six years he was in the finals up in a row, or eight, point, eight years in the finals, up to that to be. point, the Indiana series in his oh, final yeah, Indiana, yeah, 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 was yeah. a struggle. But other than that, I mean, as far as the sweep goes, like I said, it's it's about as competitive as a four-game series can be as far as, you know, getting yeah. swept. I think they played hard in that. Yeah, so that, that was, was a good team. The most, that, that, was, was the Marcus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, Reggie Jackson team with KCP, I think, too. Man, you're really telling lots of great role players right there. That's the problem. That's the problem <laughs> that with that the, group. That was the Stanley Johnson breakout series. Yeah, where is Stanley Johnson now? The Toronto Raptors. Well, you you know the rosters better than I do. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Does he even play for the Raptors? <laughs> no, not really. Okay. Very little. Um, it probably got him paid. Take. It probably got him paid though. So that's what he 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 got. Paid I think for that he's one making. Series. Let's pull up the the cap sheet here real quick. I believe he's making roughly four million. Hey, listen. Uh, he is making right now. Lost him. He's making three point eight million. Hey, listen, Stanley Johnson making three point eight million. That's a pretty good deal, right there. It is. I mean, it's a good deal for Stanley. It's not the best deal for the Raptors. No, oh, for sure not. But, um, Definitely not. But just kind of looking around the league at you know Drummond, you know potential suitors. Uh, I guess we can say, and obviously there's going to be plenty of of interest in him. If he were to get bought out, I mean, the guy, is, the guy is a good contributing player. He could help a lot of teams. I mean, he, technically, I think any team other than the Cavs right now would probably at least benefit in some way from having him on the roster. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree with that. I, my problem is, once again, it is the player, Andre Drummond, the player, is okay. It's Andre Drummond, the head case, and the, the negative energy is the guy – that I don't know if you want. I mean, oh, I, I was going to ask you one more question. Sure, um, go ahead. And this isn't related to like any of the trades or anything. What do you make of him still being on the bench with the team? 
I find that super bizarre. I don't understand I it. I do as well. Because, listen, if he's tr- – the way they had made it sound was he was being so negative. Why would you want him around the team, like, culture-wise? Like, what? Like here's what I think of. I think of, like, when, when a kid – when a player on your high school team is completely a, a disruption or does something they're not supposed to, what do you do to that T kid? You kick him off the team. You don't let him sit on the bench. You don't bring him in – to cause issues. But here we are, the Cavs, and still having Drummond on the bench, even though you're not going to play him, and he's supposedly being negative. I don't get it. It's it's confounding to me. I like, I think he's – like, he doesn't look terribly negative on the bench. Like, he still seems like he's engaging with teammates, engaging with coaches. I've almost just take it as – I mean, obviously, it's a mutual agreement between the two. Uh, it's not just, you know, the team kicking him off, and it's not just him saying, I quit. Uh, it's, it's both of them saying, you know, coming to an agreement and saying, we don't want you playing anymore, at least not on this team. But um, I, I kind of take it as just – I mean, more than, you know, being toxic off the court. Like, Andre seems like a nice enough guy. Like, yes, he wants more than he, he – he wants to be more than he is as far as the basketball player goes, but he seems like a nice enough guy. The problems just come when you watch the on-court product with him compared to the on-court product with Jared Allen. It's just kind of like why take away those opportunities from Jared to start, to, you know, log the heavy minutes. I mean, we've been seeing Jared Allen play, you know, upper 30s in minutes in some of these games. That's not happening with Drummond there. Drummond has to get, you know, when he's – when, when Drummond is active, you you got to think that, you know, in a regular situation, obviously they're towards the end as minutes tailed off, but I think we all kind of knew it was coming. You know, that's a guy that if you want to keep him engaged, you need to play him at least 25 minutes a night. So I, I think that's more where it is. And, you know, having JaVale McGee there helps because you still have another playable center on the roster. Um, for now. But I think it's – for now, for now. We will see what happens to JaVale, and we'll see if we, you know, get something in return there. But um, or for many of these trades, there are a million trades that can be made for this team right now. But I think that's kind of what went into it more so than the off-court issues. I'm not sure how prevalent those were within within the organization. I, like I said, I think he's. It's obviously it has to be an awkward situation. I don't know if he's in the locker room with the guys or if he's just you know on the bench, you know during games. It's it's definitely not a situation that I would have expected coming into the season. No. Usually you just see guys away from the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, if he's really being disruptive, which I mean, I, like you said, I know they ag- mutually agreed that he wasn't going to play, but normally when you see that kind of situation happen, you don't see them around the team anymore. Like, no, like for example, Blake Griffin, he wasn't sitting on the bench yeah. still. He was out. He was checked out. Like, and obviously he got bought out today and sounds like he's going to the nets. So there's, there's a fun fact. Here's the question I, real quick about Blake Griffin. I know he's not Cavs related, Justin. How many minutes until Blake dunks in his first game in the Nets? He hasn't dunked for two seasons. How long yes. into the game okay. does until he dunks? I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen fairly quickly. Um, I, I think part of the problem in – well, one, the problem – when we look at everyone says, okay, it's been you know however long since he's dunked. Part of the reason that it's been so long since he's dunked is because he wasn't playing basketball along with the rest of the world for nine months, or at least the rest of the world outside of the bubble. Like, that that really kind of, you know, beefs up the time that he went without yeah. dunking a ball in the game. He wasn't playing and he also played in a time. terrible team. <laughs> and then he comes back, 
And one, he's dealing with injuries, so he's not in the lineup all the time. And two, he's playing for the Detroit Pistons in a role that he's not really happy with on a team that, you know, isn't going the direction that he likes. And, and <laughs> he's going from playing with, you know, Jeremy Grant, who is, to give him credit, you know, been very, very good this year, and Josh Jackson and DeLon Wright, to Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Joe Harris and Kevin Durant spacing the floor for him. I think the game is just going to be easier for Blake than it was in Detroit in Brooklyn. Well, you, you, and I think, think he's gonna... you think having three All-Stars on your team uh, makes your life a lot easier? It might, you know. I mean, compared to yeah, <laughs> compared to yeah, what the uh, what the Pistons had to offer. I mean, one he's he's got James Harden to throw him lobs, and just the the, the score is going to be more open. Was your question the minutes? How many minutes is it going to take? Well, yeah, I I think it's going to happen say, within five minutes of him playing. I'm, I'm saying I was right going to say ten minutes. Ten minutes okay. of him being on the floor, and he'll get a dunk. Okay, sweet. Well, we'll see. we'll have to see. We'll check back. We'll talk about it the next time I jump on. We'll with check you, back. Yes. Yeah. All right, back to Cavs. Sorry, Justin. I just had to ask that question because I <laughs> sure, thought it was a, it was a hot sure. debate on Twitter, so I wanted to get it, your it take. It has been it has been discussed quite quite hot on Twitter, but um, okay. So I, I guess you know we can we can kind of you know take that that Griffin news. Obviously, Blake was bought out by the Nets, um, which is a very rare situation to happen where a guy has you know this max season and next max season making thirty nine million dollars on a player option. Uh, Blake did give back thirteen point three million dollars in that deal. Um, so that he could sign with Brooklyn. This isn't a done deal, and we have to see whether or not Blake Griffin is going to sign for the minimum or if he's going to use one of Brooklyn's exceptions. They have a couple. But it seems like for the time being, at least, this could take Brooklyn off the list of Andre Drummond's suitors, which is a good thing because that was kind of the front runner if Andre Drummond were to get bought out. Uh, you know, they'd be able to offer him more money and they'd be able to offer him a big role. I mean, it's not... A ideal situation. It's not a perfect situation for Andre Drummond, but that's about as good as it's going to get if yeah. he's going to get hey, bought out. Hey, Justin, just so you know, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Nets are using one of their veteran minimum contract slots to sign Griffin. They are using a vet min slot. Okay, so yep. he's not getting... Okay, so they, they do still have plenty of, of spending money to give Andre in that situation, but the role isn't there, so it still kind of applies. But let's just say... Let's just take this example and just say... Brooklyn is off the table for Andre Drummond. Obviously, we don't know that yet. They could still look to add him, but we would, just as of right now, that's the situation. Are there any other teams that you see out there that are like, yes, obviously, like this team should. We'll, we'll start with trade. Obviously, you know, there's there's plenty more teams that could buy out. But do you see a team that you think should really, really try to trade for Andre? Personally, the only te- the only teams that the only team that really comes to mind that's a, a playoff contender that I think could benefit and the the coaches had experience of dealing with prima donnas is the Los Angeles Clippers. Now I don't know what they're going to have to give up and I don't know what what contracts they have to make work, but I, I think the Clippers make a lot of sense in my opinion because they've already got Kawhi defensively. They've got Paul George, who's pretty good on both ends of the floor, and adding Drummond to, to the defensive end of the floor could be huge for them. I, now, like I said, I don't know how the feasibility of making that happen, but when I when I thought of teams for Blake or for Drummond, he, they were the first team that I thought of. And like I said, I, I don't even know if that's feasible or not, but I think that would be the team, if I was to pick a team most likely wanting to trade for him, that would probably be a, a good fit in my opinion. I think the fit would work well, and I think that's one where you look at it as if a 
if a, if a larger contract isn't on the table and Drummond has to pick from minimum guys or minimum teams to sign with, um, I think that that place that is a place that makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think they could get a deal done without including probably like Marcus Morris, Pat Beverly, uh, probably even Ivica Zubac just to make the money work and to give the Cavs something that would at least make it worth their while. Uh, but at the same time, um, when we did our we we did two episodes here. Uh, one was trading Andre Drummond to every Eastern Conference team. One was trading to every Western Conference I, I team. Listened. I listened. I listened. <laughs> um, our, our, the deal that I had, at least, was Marcus Morris, Avita Zubats, Pat Beverly uh, for Drummond, Dean Wade, and two seconds. I'm not wanna, sure if there's a I don't want to give whole, up Dean Wade. I don't want to give up Dean Wade. We might have to. We got it. Well, one, I think it was needed for salary uh, to make that work. Um, so you factor that in and the fact does his, that... Does his mutton chops count for anything? <laughs> We can equate that to the round. That we'll equate it to the value of a second round pick. So maybe okay. take the second round picks and just include okay. both as mutton chops. Okay. But um, <laughs> I've seen a lot of discussion on Cavs Twitter in particular about Dean Wade's hair and the mystery that it is. Listen, if he keeps shooting, if he keeps shooting as well as he can, I don't care what he looks like. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, the, he has a nice full beard. Like let him let him be. The hair is fine. But um. I think a trade is almost impossible to get with them because the Clippers are also dealing with a hard cap. And uh, even in this situation, they'd be trading three for two. So they'd be left without a roster spot. And then, you know, that'd be it, it's sacrificing depth a little bit for a guy who like Dean Wade, who probably isn't part of a playoff rotation. So it gets tricky there. Um, I, I just want to throw out a couple to you that I think could make at least some sense. And I'll start with the San Antonio Spurs, um, who has also been rumored to possibly be a seller. Obviously, they have uh, DeMar DeRozan, who has had a resurgence season, who could you know really offer something to a lot of teams if they can match the salary. Uh, same goes for LaMarcus Aldridge on a much, much, much lesser extent. I don't think that a team would trade for him just to you know get what he has as a player. But you know another guy there, and obviously they have Rudy Gay, they have uh, what's his face, Patty Mills, other guys. What would it's you a, think? It would it wouldn't be a year without a Rudy Gay trade rumor. It wouldn't be. I mean, we've we've discussed Rudy Gay trade rumors right here with the Cavs. Uh, I think earlier in the season, I saw like a fake Kevin Love trade that had Rudy Gay coming back to Cleveland. So, yeah, what are we doing if we're not discussing Rudy Gay trades? Exactly. But here is mine. LaMarcus Aldridge and two second round picks to Cleveland for Andre Drummond. Everybody talks about how difficult these contracts are to trade. I, I don't have the numbers pulled up right in front of me. But Andre and LaMarcus are making virtually the same amount of money, both on expiring contracts. If San Antonio decided that they wanted to go in on this season and try to compete and try to make the playoffs, how do you like this move? How do you like Andre Drummond and San Antonio? I mean, if Greg Popovich can't get him under control, then no one can get him under control. That would be my first statement. Um, Second, I mean, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge, has anyone – been at such a high level of basketball fallen for fallen so quickly like seriously like two or three years ago we were talking about how great he was you know him this was going to be a great fit in san antonio san antonio was going to be good and and let's let's be clear here they still were were good enough to be in consideration for the playoffs and they missed the playoffs last year by a few games but the, the bottom line is this like he's terrible now like I watch, I don't know. I haven't really. Be honest, LaMarcus, with you, I'm, go ahead. 
You said Lamarcus is terrible, yeah, or who? Lamarcus is terrible. Yeah, Lamarcus is not, not. No, he's he's a shell of his former I mean, self. What, That's what. And, and, yeah. and I mean, I mean, I guess if if we're only getting back as a because he's an expiring, and we're going to get a second round pick. The question that I have is 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 it worth it to the Cavs to make this trade? I mean, other than yeah, we get we got rid of Drummond, but you're really bringing in Lamarcus Aldridge. What's his attitude going to be? You could just know. buy him out, honestly, if you wanted to, or just wave him. I mean, he's not an expiring. It'd be like buying out Drummond at that point, except you get a second round pick as well. Okay, I mean, you, I guess you could talk me into it. I, I guess I had higher hopes that we were going to get something that we could use because a second round pick, who knows what that's going to turn into? Might turn into I think, Kevin. Yeah, might turn yeah. into someone like Kevin Porter Jr. Or it might turn into someone like I don't even know what's a terrible second round pick we've had recently. Um, who? K Felder. K Felder. Oh, K Felder. Hey man, K Felder is the shortest guy. But he he played with a lot of heart, man. Give him some credit. Give him some credit. Yeah, yeah. You know what, K? I thought K was going to work better than it did. Um, I was kind of excited at the time, and obviously, I, I don't know if I followed the team as close. I didn't. I didn't do podcasts for the team like I did, like I do now. But um, I, I was optimistic about that. I thought he had a little bit more than he did. But Listen, um, he he reminded me of Earl Boykins, except he didn't have the shooting of Earl Boykins. <laughs> it could be the next Jetty. Oh god, that guy! I, every time he's on the let's, floor, let's, tra- let's use this as a transition. Let's talk perfect. about Jetty. What is what has been your thought of the Jetty experience? Here Chet, listen, late? I want to be clear here. I am a huge. I was a huge Jetty fan. I thought he was going to be great. I thought he was going to be great when the when LeBron was tutelage under LeBron's tutelage. He was going to be good when LeBron left. I I I cringe at the tweet that I put out like that season after LeBron was gone, and I. And, and I've said, oh, man, Ch- this is going to be the year of the rise of Chetty. He's going to be really, really good. <laughs> and, like, he played okay. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't great, but he wasn't, like, the worst player. And I thought with – I thought with – for some reason, I thought with J.R. Smith, Chetty, and Love that they were still going to possibly and, – and Sexton on his rookie year. I thought there was a chance they'd make – like, sniff the playoffs and then they were really bad. So, that obviously didn't happen. But I've been super disappointed with Chetty. I, I want him off the – like, I would have never said that I was going to say this, like, two years ago. I want him off the team faster. I'd rather I'd rather trade him and buy out Drummond than trade Drummond and have him to watch him play anymore because every time that he takes a wing extended three-pointer and bricks it, I get really, really upset because here's what I think. I think Dylan Windler – I know Windler's been playing more minutes. I want more Windler minutes. I want more – I mean, if Prince is healthy, I want more Prince minutes if he's still on the team. Heck, I want Dean. Dean, we don't need Chetty. Once if Le, if Love comes back and we don't trade him, if Nance comes back and we don't trade him, there's a lot of we don't trade him. Says in there here. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> there's so a lot. There's a all lot. These, of... If these all these players yeah. come back and we don't trade them, there's no there's no need to have Chetty on the floor. Just keep him off the floor. Listen, get him the get him the towels, get him to fill up the coolers. I don't want him on the floor. I'd rather have Lamar Stevens on the floor than him because Lamar Stevens at least plays defense. Chetty's terrible defense too. Every time I see him guard, trying to guard someone, there was two possessions in a row when he tried to guard LeBron when they played the Lakers. And yeah. and, and LeBron literally like I mean LeBron does it to a lot of people, but it was embarrassing. Get him off my team. I would rather him be traded than, than Drummond to be honest with you. I can't watch him because he's playing and he's terrible. That's my take. It's it's been it's been a year for Jetty, um, averaging a career high six threes a game, uh, shooting a career low thirty three 
percent on those threes. Um, averaging right about his average last season, ten point nine points per game. Um, I mean, what do you even say about Jetty at this point? It's it's one you know hot night of at the beginning of the year. It looked like uh, this is one that I mentioned to hear. How is your opinion of Jetty from the very beginning of the season when he was having like a few twenty like five and seven games? Well, listen. To where I, was, we're at I now. was optimistic. I was optimistic. I'm listen. I thought, oh man, look at he's looking. He's looking really good. And then he had like started the season off scorching hot, and then all of a sudden, it's the the bottom fell out on it, and, and he's been terrible. And and I don't know what to, I mean. I don't know what they could do to to do it. Like, why did he start the season so strong? Is it because everyone we were playing against was out of shape? Was it because the people that were guarding him gave him – I mean, the thing is this, Justin. He shoots so many threes that he is wide open, like wide open. He's not even shooting contested threes and he's breaking them, okay? Like, I don't know. I He he gets good looks and he doesn't make them. and He doesn't make them in clutch shots. He is – I, I would love. I mean, I'm, I don't even think they probably track his clutch shooting, clutch minute percentage or clutch shooting percentage, but it has to be low because anytime that we need a big three and he tries to jack it up there, or anytime it's close and he shoots a three, it's not going in. You may as well, you may as well start walking to the exit because it's not going in. I'm sorry, I I, I can't watch him play anymore. Justin, get him off my team. Trade him to the Lakers or something. I don't know. Get well. I'm. We have seen reports that both the Clippers and the Nets are interested in him. Uh, whether both of those teams get a trade done, I doubt. Again, it's just it gets a little bit tricky with salary matching there. But it's it's just been so up and down all season long. And I think as his role has fluctuated, because his role, like a lot of guys on this team, has not been set this year. Um, you know, he had a very defined bench role at the beginning. Uh, that's, you know, it kind of started to increase as people started dropping like flies due to injury and then guys came back and he was kind of, I know out of it again. And then he became a starter because they just didn't have anyone else to start. Uh, they had Dean Wade and they took him a little while to, you know, throw him in there. Um, and, and now it's just kind of at a point where I don't even know what to make of it anymore. It's, it, it seemed like at the beginning of the season, it was good uh, for every good game. There was a bad game. It seems like at this point for every good game, there's about four bad games or three. I, I can't be that mean. But just looking at a true shooting percentage, which is kind of just a good overall look at, you know, how someone is doing from the field, at least. Um, uh, 57% is usually a good indicator of like a good shooter, at least just in, in general from the field. Jetty, every year in his career, has gone from 57 to 54 to 55. This year, he's at 49. I don't know if it's because of the role or if it's because of something else. But it's just, it's been interesting to see um I, I i don't know what else to say about jd right now the defense is listen I'll is tell you, and always has been and probably always will be a mess i i think the only game that jetty would be one of the best defenders on is the all-star game watching the beginning of this game justin i think i think Chetty would right fit in. right he'd fit right in with the, the level of defense that is going on on the floor right now so <laughs> listen the bottom line is this Trade him off my team so I don't have to watch him play anymore and I get mad. Because I'm telling you right now, I would feel much more confident if Windler or Dean Wade are shooting those threes and and in in clutch moments. And I know Windler hasn't been great, but he's had a few good games. But he's the young. He's the future. And I know Chetty's only 25, 
but he's not going to be on this team in the next contract anyways. So get him off, get rid of him minutes and let's, let's, let's have someone, let's have someone who's going to be an impactful player, hopefully over the, the next few years of his career um, in Cleveland. That's just my take. I, I want people who are going to be making impact in the future, not just impact this year slash next year. You know what I mean? I that, think, that's, I think that's what you want in a rebuild. 100%. And, and the thing is this, we're not we're not a player away from a championship, but I honestly believe we're a player away from being a playoff team. And and you want to build winning basketball and you want to get guys playing together, you know, that are that are, you know, gonna be playing together in the next few years. And I don't think Chetty is part of that future, personally. I, I, I really don't. So that's why I think they need to to trade him. Let's talk about Dylan Windler a little bit. Uh, someone who obviously has been struggling to find a shot all season. Um, it's it's you know he had that hot stretch there where he made what was it nine straight threes I think between you know a couple of games. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, and we see those flashes and we know that he's capable of it. It's just been you know the inconsistencies. Um, and, he, and to be fair, like throughout the struggles that he had, um, he's shooting thirty six percent from three right now. Like that's a fine number. It's not what you would want per se from a, you know, a three point specialist, the guy that you drafted at the end of the first round because of his shooting. But I think an encouraging sign is that what, and obviously again, in limited attempts, but right now he's shooting 81% from the line, which is solid. Um, especially for a guy who has been kind of struggling with, I think some confidence issues at times, as far as his shot goes, I think that's very good. Uh, we see that the rebound instincts are obviously that, there. He's that, averaging that's, four a game. And that's the, in my opinion, that's the biggest upsell on him is he's always crashing the glass. He's always going after the rebound. There's times he's out jumping McGee. He's out jumping Jared Allen. He's out jumping everyone. Like the, he the just game, he has a knack for knowing where the ball is supposed that, that to, where the ball Philly, going that to go. That game against Philly, he had a he had a really really like two good rebounds in that Philly game that I just thought like. This is the reason I want that guy to play on my team because he is a hustle. He hustles his butt. And, you know, I will say this. He's not the greatest defender, but he works hard on the defensive end. He's not. Yes, he does. He's not. He's not just coasting on the defensive end. He's working hard. So that's why I want to see him on the floor more personally. Like, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, I think, yeah, you, you mentioned the defense. I think it's. Obviously, you know he's not some you know hyper. I mean, he's he's at this point in his career, he's a, he's a below average defender. But you can see it. He has the size, he has the length, um, and I, I think, I mean, as far as rookie goes, rookies go. Obviously, he's he's twenty four years old. He's technically a rookie, but he's obviously much older than you know a lot of people. And I think that shows. I think you know he makes some reads on that end that are a little bit you know like not rookie reads. I think he's just he's a little bit more disciplined on that end. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that turns into just kind of like a, a high quality team defender, kind of in in the sense of you know where a guy like and I don't just mean to you know make like another comparison to a shooter, but a guy like Kyle Korver, who for for many years obviously was never a good athlete, um, but always knew the right place to be on the floor and was always like a very solid, dependable team defender. I think that Dylan can kind of get to that level. Yeah, yeah, I possibly. <laughs> The thing is, if 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 he's going to be at that level, we've got to we we've got to get his three point shooting up more. I think that's yes. the th- that's the thing that has to happen. Um, and and if it doesn't happen, then then w- 
the thing is this. I think he could be good, and I think he was severely disadvantaged with the injury last year, and then he started – he actually played – I thought he played pretty good in that first game until he got injured. And mm-hmm. the fact that the fact that he's still going after rebounds at the level that he's going after rebounds is absolutely amazing because he's been injured twice going for rebounds the way that he's gone for rebounds, right? Like go, high <laughs> flying in the air, he's been injured twice. Yeah. And the fact mm-hmm. that he's still playing with that kind of that level of tenacity is, is impressive because I don't know if I got seriously injured once, I would have questions. And then and this, I know the second injury wasn't nearly as as bad. But still, like, you'd really think about, oh, do I really want to go high-flying or – and you know what I mean? Like, I think the fact that he still got that in him after having two injuries, going for rebounds or going attacking the basket, it's pretty impressive. And, and that's why I want him to play. I want him to play. He needs to get better on the defensive. And the only way he's going to get better is if he plays. And that's why get Chetty off my team. There you go. <laughs> I think – I, I, I still believe that the shooting is going to come for him. I think we see the flashes of, of what he can be. And I think I mean, we saw it for four years at Belmont. Um, the guy can shoot the ball. We saw it in the summer league. Uh, I, I think he, he's going to get it figured out, even if it does take some time. But I, I do agree with you that that's going to kind of be – I mean, obviously for a guy who gets drafted to be a three-point shooter, his ability to hit shots from outside is, is going to make or break you know what he becomes as a player in the NBA. Uh, we, we talked about Dean Wade a little bit as well. Let's get into him. The Dean Wade ascendance has happened over these last five games. He got five starts, uh, went four and one. Uh, I would argue that the one loss was not his fault against the Pacers. No, I'll tell you whose fault is. You ready? Darius Garland, made of glass. <sighs> Darius Garland. Because when he went out, we were up 17. Yeah, He leaves the floor. Everything falls apart. And listen, I know he hurt, got hurt. But listen, if 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 you want to be a, a a player in this league, you got to fight through some of these injuries a little bit. And I know they probably looked at it and said, well, okay, well we've got the All Star break, we've got all these things coming up. There's no sense putting him back out there. And, and all this, but if I'm a player, I fight to play play in that game because if he's out there, even at sixty percent, I think we win that game. And I'm really mad at him, and I'm mad at the Cavs because I made a prediction on the episode the night before that the Cavs are going to win that game. And when they went up 17, we were I was I was I was, thro- I was I had the the party hat on. I had you know the streamers going. I was getting really excited. I was going to tweet out a whole link of me saying that I guaranteed the Cavs won that game. And then he gets injured, and everything falls apart. The rotation falls apart. The defense just falls apart, and everything fell apart. And listen. Indiana's probably a better team than us. I don't think they're much better than us. They're probably a better team than us. But we should have never lost that game. And I blame Darius Garland. That's who I'm blaming for that game. To be fair, I wouldn't want to be guarded by TJ McConnell when I'm dealing with a groin strain either. That's just me. Oh, well, I also blame TJ McConnell. Like I blame TJ McConnell. I don't blame Darius Garland. Well, you're nicer yeah, than me. No reason to, to risk it heading into the All-Star break. Just... And it's 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 positive to hear that he was questionable in that game, uh, that it doesn't seem like it's like it, it wasn't anything like super serious right away. It could end up being something worse. We'll have to see. But I think at that point in time, don't make it worse than it is. Just deal with it. You know, use the All Star break to recover and come back out. Um, obviously, I did not have any stakes uh, on that game. I was I was not you know making bold I, predictions. I think, 
I was not making bold predictions. I think I had actually, in an episode, predicted that they would lose that game. But, um, yeah, I, I blame the lack of attention <laughs> um, to what TJ McConnell was doing, getting nine steals in the first half more than anything. And uh, it's funny because they, I believe they were up ten at the half when he got nine of his steals, but I think it was the one at the end that killed him as well. And you could just tell that not having Darius on the floor um, – the team just needs a backup point guard. <laughs> um, we can get into that in a little bit, but I got to hear what you got to say about Dean Wade. We've seen Dean Wade get his opportunity. What do you think of it? I like it. Listen, I went to a Canton Charges last game last year before the pandemic, and Dean Wade was still two weighing it there, and he was playing pretty good minutes there. and And I was there with um, my buddy, and I said, "Listen, this Dean Wade guy, uh, he 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 could be a player." Like it was him and. I don't remember what the other guy's name is. He is, oh, Blossom, whatever that guy's name is, Blossom Jerome Game. Blossom Game. Yeah, that guy, those two guys were playing. And then um, there was one other guy on the Canton Charge that had an interesting name um, and I, on the tra- roster last year. And I can't remember I can't remember what his name was now at the top, top of my head. But those three players were really, really playing well in that game. I'm like, these three players, they could potentially be, um, you know, NBA players next year. And, and I said – Dean Wade, I know he'd been dressing, or he'd been doing the two-way thing, but not really playing in that game in any games last year. And then obviously everything happened where it got shut down and the league got shut down. So maybe maybe he was working his way there or whatever. But whatever he's done to completely like buy in now, am I going to say he's an all-star ever? Probably not. But he's a, he could be a solid role player. He looks like he's engaged every time he's out there and. From what I can tell, like, I don't know, if I was watching the game the other night and Larry Nance was, like, joined the broadcast for a little bit. And, yes, and, and showed and his love for Dean Wade. <laughs> for sure, for sure, the whole time he was out there. So, um, uh, I like Dean Wade. I think he's a solid player. Um, and hopefully he continues to grow and, and play well because if he continues to grow and play well, then we got a good, a good pickup there. Um, and, and that's what I have to say about him. I, I don't really have much. I, I think he plays hard. He plays hard all the time. He might not be the best defender, but he's going to give it his best shot. And I've what, actually, I, I would say, in the minutes that I've watched him play, which I mean, I've watched basically all of his minutes this year, but um, he is a much, 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 much def- better defender than I thought he was going to be this year. I think that he moves his feet really, really well. I think that he's able to stay in front of guys. I think he's able to stay in front of, like, guards. Uh, my, my one real, like, I, I I don't, I think he struggles guarding bigger guys. I think he struggles guarding bigger power forwards and centers. Uh, that's just not what he is. And I think the injury problems that he's had in the past as well uh, just make me a little nervous there. But guarding, you know, kind of perimeter-based forwards and even switching on to guards, I think he has done a terrific job on the defensive end in that regard this season. Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, the other guy for the Canton charge, by the way, was Sir Dominic I was gonna, Pointer. I was just going to guess. I was just going to guess, and I was going to guess Sir Dominic Pointer. Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure it was a game at the queue. Like, they were having a game at the queue, and uh, I got I actually got it. <laughs> I got a call from the Canton charge rep. So they were trying to get people to go to the game. This is what happened. So they were trying to get people to go to the game because they obviously didn't, weren't going to sell a lot of tickets. And I got a call from the the Canton Charge rep saying, "Hey, would you like to come to a game? Um, you know, because I'd like filled out a survey a while ago for Charge and Cab season tickets or something to try and get free tickets to games. And they offered me a ticket to the 
the the charge game at the queue because obviously they're trying to fill the queue as much as they could. And I, I went to it, and I'm pretty sure Sir Dominic Pointer put up like 25 points or something like that, like in that game. And then um, Blossom Game and Wade both played well too. I think I'm pretty sure they lost that game, but those three players were the three that I thought. And I guess I guess Sir Dominic Pointer is still on the ro- charge roster, right? I think mm-hmm. so. He's a heck so, of a he's a heck of a G League player. Like that, he was like a finalist for I think G League Defensive Player of the Year last year. Like, I, I he he was one that got a call up. I think he was on a ten day when the league shut down last year with the Cavs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so obviously didn't get that opportunity. And he's an older guy too. I believe he's like 28 years old. Uh, been in the the Canton, you know, Cleveland. It seems like Sir Dominic Pointer has been on the Cavs preseason roster for I don't even know how long. I don't know if he was this year, but he's been in the organization for a very, very long time. But yeah, someone who in the I, I'm not going to claim that I've watched a ton of of G League and Canton Charge. I mean, I've watched a fair amount of, of G League, but not the Canton Charge in particular. You've been, I've been watching Kevin um, Porter Jr. dropping. Friggin- I have been I have been torturing myself by watching Kevin Porter Jr. and I've been watching the G League Ignite. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that the Kevin Porter Jr. trade happened um, after you were on the on the pod last. Yeah, well, I think when, when we what were did you think of that whole situation? Well, we, we we had just talked about how it was going to be exciting to have him come back, and that was right before yeah. the whatever yeah. he threw. I I don't know if it was soup. Uh, I don't think it was soup. I think it was just food. I, probably like uh, a, I, a I would sandwich? guess like a, a granola bar or something. But any, whatever he threw, I, it didn't. It, yeah, whatever he threw. Regardless. I don't know what it is about the calves and food getting thrown at, at people, but um, the thing is this. I was really excited about him. He's obviously got some issues he needs to work through, like, as a person. Um, but the bottom line is this. It wasn't going to work here. If you're going to throw a tantrum because they gave your locker away, uh, I don't want you around my team. I, I don't care. The only The only, like... That's an all like a, you have to be an all star for me to care about that. And and no offense, Kevin Porter Jr. I don't think you're going to be an all star. Um, so that's my the sad point. thing is I think he could be an all star. <laughs> well, if he, I if, think he has that type of he, potential. Is he going to get? Is he going to get his head out of his butt though? I don't know. That's I mean that's the big question. I hope he does. I really like as much as it will pain me. It will always hurt a little bit to see him succeed not in the Cavs, but at the same time, I'm going to be happy that he succeeds, obviously. Well, yeah, but, he, um, he's not – listen, the problem that he has is he went from a bad team to a worse team because Houston's going to be terrible. I mean, Houston's terrible now. The Cavs beat him twice in three nights. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they're – I don't think they're going to be good this year yeah, at they're, all. They're Arguably the league's worst team right now at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, record-wise, they over the last 15 games for sure. Yeah. Yep. Do you know who uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s former locker was given to? Um, I believe it was Torian Prince, correct? It was Torian Prince. Um, Torian Prince has had kind of a little bit of an up-and-down tenure. I believe we discussed Torian a little bit in the last episode, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Someone who came in here and really, you know, shot the lights out at the beginning um, has since cooled off a little bit. Uh, you know, we've, I, like I said, I've, I've seen some people kind of sour on Tarion, and I don't really like it. I don't, I, I get where it's coming from, but at the same time, I disagree. I think this is someone who, you know, was in a good rhythm, uh, suffered an ankle injury, tried to come back, uh, and his first game back suffered another ankle injury, 
and he's just kind of trying to now work himself back into things. And it's not like he's shooting at, like, you know, jetty levels of, like, one for nine poor. He's just kind of working his way back into it. How have, how have you felt about uh, Tarion as his camp's tenure has gone on? Basically, basically what you said. He started off strong. He got hurt. Then he came back. And I think that game he came back, he got hurt again, right? The other foot. Yes, and, yes. And, and I don't know if it was the other, was it the other foot or was it the same ankle? Either I way, either, either way. way, either way, he got hurt again, and I'm I'm encouraged. Like he was definitely when I started watching him play, he was definitely playing better than I expected him to because I don't remember him being. I mean, I've always equated Tarian Prince to. I thought he was a a decent defender and, and a stretch player, but he was like. Not as not a good stretch, not as good a stretch player as Kevin Love. That's kind of what my envisionment of him was. Was he's a solid, you know, he's a solid player who can stretch the floor a little bit. But listen, you're not going to be doubling him. You're not going to be. He's not going to be flying high dunking. He's not going to be doing in that. But he was very productive. That's not this, his game. What was that? I was just saying that's just not his game. You know, he's not. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, he's not, you know, not his game. So I I want to say like I maybe he. Maybe he should have started slower than he did because maybe we got our <laughs> our expectations too high. Um, and, and now, and now, you know, what are we going to get from the rest of the year? Because probably what we got from him in in the middle, like after his hot start, was like that part before his first injury was probably what we were going to get from him. Like he's going to have up and down nights, and and he's going to not. But he's not going to start. He's not going to shoot the lights off like he did, you know, the the first few games that he played for the Cavs. So I, I think what we have to, I think we have to lower our expectations about what he's going to do at least on the offensive because I think he's a pretty solid defender. I, I will like he, once again, he's not a great defender, but I think he's a pretty solid defender. So my opinion on Tari Prince hasn't really changed much. I thought he was a good pickup, and he basically was a throw-in. The Jared Allen piece, and and I don't know if you want to transition. There. I, can, I can give you my take on Jared Allen, and you can talk about yeah. both of them. Is I think Jared Allen is definitely our, our future at, at that position. Um, I want him to be the future at that position. Um, he is reliable. He's going to go out there, and he's going to play great on the defensive end. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. And, and I think he has some work to do on the offensive end. But he's pretty solid on the offensive end already, and 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 there's games he's going to drop 20, 25 points, and there's games he's going to drop like twelve or thirteen points. But what you're going to always get from him is you're going to get someone that's going to get rebounds, you're going to get someone that's going to play really good, solid defense, and that's what I want in a young big man. And not to mention the fact that he's what he's twenty two or twenty three, right? Twenty two, yeah. So yes. he's young, and he's exactly what we want, and. He's also not going to cost as much money as, like, say, a Drummond would cost. And and I think he's definitely if, – if the Cavs – you have to match whatever is offered to him. Oh, this absolutely, season. yes. You yes. have to match it because um, there's just no – there's no way around it. You have to match it. He needs to be a part of this team. And, and I'm excited to see what he brings. And if we can get, you know, another big name – or I want to say big name, but if we can get a solid – another solid player. I, like I said before, I think the Cavs are one player away from a – from legitimately being a playoff contender. Um, I don't think we're an NBA finalist or a top five team with one more player, unless he's a superstar talent, unless we get lucky with the lotto balls and, and we get that. What's that? What's that really good player out of um, Cade Cunningham? Yeah. If we get the, if we get the, you know, 
we get lucky with the lotto balls and we get Cade Cunningham, then then maybe you can talk to me into being de- they would definitely be a playoff team then. Um, but I'm not like I said, I'm not I'm not saying that they're going to be a, a championship team because we don't – Kate Cunningham's not LeBron James here, okay? But, and we have to see how everybody develops as well. I mean – Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true too, but I – Year one, you're not going to be a championship team, no. No, for sure, for sure not. But at least if that was the case, you know, at least they have something to build around. So I, I'm really sold on Jared Allen. Of of the trade, like we we literally gave up peanuts and we got – we gave, we gave up Dante Exum who hasn't played a minute. And a late first. And a late first, who which isn't going to really – I mean – how often did late first work out? Like Kevin Porter Jr. theoretically should have worked out, but you know, how often do late first turn into something that's great? Normally, if you're not picking in the top fifteen, you're not getting a a starter in the NBA. You, you might be getting a role player. You're getting K Felder. Okay, let's be honest. Sorry, I had to throw that <laughs> in. Here. Jared Allen was a mid twenties pick. Well, once in a while, I, I once in I'm, a while it happens. Once in a while it happens, but. You know, I, I really think Jared Allen is a good pick up for the Cavs, and, and I'm excited to see where he goes with the future because I think him, him, Sexton, Garland are, are, are a great fit for one another. I think they really, really are, and um, I'm excited to see where they go. And then you throw in you throw in Windler, you throw in Okoro, Dean Wade, you throw in Okoro, Dean Wade Okoro, and Stevens. who I think is the most – like I'm so – someone in the – someone on Twitter – I wanted to light him up so bad, saying that Okoro is terrible, and I'm like, you don't realize that Okoro is guarding the best player on the other team every single night, like yes, every as night. a rookie. Like he was Unless guarding Unless it LeBron. is a center, he is guarding the best player, 100. percent And and there were multiple possessions in that Philly game where he was guarding Embiid, and he was after he switched off Simmons, and he did yeah, a decent yeah. and he did a decent job on a guy who's seven inches taller than him. <laughs> so I just want to be clear. I think Okoro. Like honestly, he could be on the NBA All Defensive Team in the next two or three years. I, I'm I'm going to say that right now. Oh, I'm yeah, I am a hundred percent with you on that. And uh, one just one quick note on Jared Allen too. I think it's it's important to just to kind of bring up. It's a breath of fresh air to have someone who not only you know is is capable of getting you like you said. It can be twelve or it can be twenty five. It depends on the night. But whatever it is, it's going to be an efficient shooting night for him. I, I am absolutely in agreement with you there. That um, I, I, I totally believe. I mean, whether it's you know three or four, or you know whether it's down the line, I, I don't think it'll take that long. But that's definitely someone who you have to believe is going to be a defensive. Or, I mean, I won't even say defensive player of the year, but an all defense guy. Um, I think he's just he's already proven that he's too talented on that end of the floor. Um, just kind of getting into some other defensive men guys, though. Let's use that transition to get to Larry Nance. Who obviously we haven't seen. Uh, he broke his hand, but Larry Nance is still in the news right now uh, for reasons that are, I mean, beyond me. Well, I guess they're not beyond me. That makes sense. I just don't know why they've been made as popular as they are. Larry Nance has drawn, unsurprisingly, uh, trade interest from the Heat, the Wolves, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Pelicans, and the Mavs, and probably a whole lot of other teams. Those are just the ones that have been reported. Is there any chance in your eyes that Larry Nance gets traded from the Zero. Team? He's basically said he wants to be the Udonis Haslam of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay? He wants yeah. to be here. He wants to be here. Why would you trade a guy? I, I can't see them doing that. You you've got his dad contributing to your broadcasts. Okay? M- multiple times he's contributed to the 
broadcast, he was a Cavalier for most of his career. You've got him from growing up from here. If you really want to piss off your fan base, you're going to trade him. And I just don't see that they're going to do it because ultimately, I think he's on a pretty friendly contract. I don't think his contract is ridiculous, right? You don't think it's – do you think no, his contract – No, it's, it's is, very fair. It's, it's, a no, very, it's, it's, a, it's a very it's – a, it's a descending um, like money deal as well. So, so no, so, he's, on a, he's on a very good contract. He's making $11.7 million this year. Uh, ten point seven next year, and then nine point seven the year after that. Like, there's no reason, there's no way that I would ever think about trading him. And if they trade him, especially with all the small, like the small business stuff, like I know that's a that's an ancillary thing, but all the small business stuff that he's been doing for every single game, like ra- auctioning off his jersey for small businesses in Cleveland in the greater Cleveland mm-hmm. area, like I just don't see there any way. There's a there can be a good PR move for the Cavs, quite frankly, and I I don't think they would I don't think they would do it. Now maybe if it was the off season, I could see them do it if they can get something good, but I don't think in the middle of the season. Okay, well they're they're going to do it. What do you define as good? Because like there are first round picks on the table here. This past off season, there was a lottery pick on the table, listen, and I don't think listen, that, if that the is like, are, what, if what the would wolves, it take. If the Wolves are willing to give up their first round pick, I you can you can talk me into. They've already it. given up their first round pick. They gave it to the Warriors for D'Angelo Russell. Okay, well then then it's, then it's not happening. Oh God! If exactly. the Warriors, if the Warriors end up with Cade Cunningham like that guy, oh my God, that'll be the most sickening I think, thing. Is it got to be top three protected or something? Right? It's it's top three protected. Okay, yes. good. So if if good. but I'm there's a- still uh, there's still guys there. Uh, the top five in this draft is going to be like. Potential like like real like likely all star type guys, uh, and Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, uh, Jalen Suggs, and Evan Mobley on top of Kate. So the Warriors could pick up a real guy in this draft. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I I don't, but I'm just saying like if you can get a if you can get a pick that could potentially be a top five pick, then Larry Nance, I'm willing to trade you. I'm I don't know I. I think the thing is this: like you could see how much his injury affected the defensive end of the floor, and how impactful. Like he honestly, Justin, until his injury, he had to be into consideration for one of the best, the most improved players of the year, right? He had to be before the injury. I think you could put him in the most improved conversation. I think he was definitely in the conversation for an all defense team. Yeah, he's not probably going to get there now because he's missed too many games. Oh no, 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 no! He's not going to get there now just because. Yeah, just because of the missed games. But like, he has that level of impact without a doubt, and the the strides that he's made on offense as well. Again, like it's not surprising that you know teams want to trade for him. He's a guy on a rebuilding team that is on a very reasonable contract that can play at a high level on both ends. It makes total sense, you know, for teams to have interest. It just so happens that this is kind of like a Cleveland guy who wants to be here and who is either, you know, like fairly young and like we said, on a reasonable contract and who wants to finish his career here. Yeah. You, so, just, you don't have those guys coming around so, every day. So just so you know, so uh, my um one of my coworkers, um, her husband is the coach at Richfield and slash Revere, who coached Larry Nance and Larry Nance's brother. So like I, I kinda have like they have dinner with the Nances, you know, obviously pre-pandemic, they were having dinner with the Nances more often than now, obviously. But um, I asked her, I was like, what does your husband think about these trade rumors? And she he go, she told me, because this was on Friday, so I asked Friday. She goes, oh, he was telling me the other night about these trade rumors. And I get, he texted Larry Sr. and said, 
what's go why are they talking about trading and from from what i've heard he doesn't believe that the trades are actually true or are going to happen so very oh, no, senior no, no, no. so so he think you know that's my favorite line did you see the tweet between the 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 exchange between larry nance and channing fry did you see that yes exchange? i did that was pretty um, good <laughs> I wouldn't trade. Jenny Fry said that he, yeah, you can, you can say it. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't trade you for, uh, what was it? A bag of two broken shoelaces and a booger. Yeah, broken shoe. And then, uh, Channing Fry was literally traded for you in a first or something like yes. that. That was pretty good. It I also had was- Jordan Clarkson and Isaiah Thomas, but the point still stands. Yeah. So, um, the thing is this I, I don't think. I don't think they're going to trade him because I think that would be a really terrible look for the Cavs or as an organization on multiple facets. So, yes, I, yes. Now, Kevin Love, on the other hand, if you want to transition there, let's do it. If you're if you're willing to trade, if someone's willing to trade for Kevin Love, absolutely, absolutely do it. Do it. Because here's the thing: everything that I've said about Chetty, it doesn't apply to Kevin Love because I haven't watched him play basketball other than the first game in a quarter of the year. Okay. The thing is this, though. Kevin Love is at the point in his career that he's not going to be not going to be the player to shut Steph Curry down in the last five minutes of of the Game Seven of the NBA Finals or the last thirty seconds of the NBA Finals. He's not going to be that guy. He is going to be a solid role player that can spread the floor. He's not going to play defense. Okay, and if anything. You can trade him, and I know the rumor was Dallas Mavericks, which makes sense. You know, obviously, I hadn't heard it, and then we talked about it a little bit before, and it makes sense from spreading the floor piece of things. I don't know. I think Dallas has more of it has a bigger issue than just spreading the floor and creating lanes for Luca and the players. Their defense has been pretty terrible, and I don't think Kevin Love helps with their defense. Quite frankly, maybe I'm wrong in that no, statement. No, but but the thing is this. If someone's willing to trade for Kevin Love, I'm I'm all for it. Now I don't know what what pieces and parts the Mavericks would give up for Kevin Love. Do you do you have any idea what we would get back? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I think and I'm still not sure exactly you know what the specifics are in these reports. I will just say first of all, it is nice to see that there are teams interested in trading for Kevin Love. That we have that glimmer of hope right now because it was looking a little bit hopeless there for a while. Um, just last episode, I was saying that, yes, the Cavaliers would love to trade Kevin Love, but no, they're not going to because nobody wants him. Well, since then, um, we've had not just one, but two teams come out. And, well, I mean, the teams themselves didn't come out, but the reports have come out that this, on top of the Mavericks, the Kings also have expressed interest, at least, in trading for Kevin Love. Uh, I think the Mavericks have a lot of problems on both ends right now, um, and no, Kevin Love does not help their defense. But yes, he does help their offense, assuming that he stays healthy. I think that gives you a lot of guys that you can kind of work at that 4-5 position uh, between, you know, him, Maxi Kleba, and Kristaps. Uh, that's a lot of, you know, versatile kind of stretchy bigs. Um, I do think if you're going to be starting a Kristaps, Porzingis, Kevin Love front court, that is a lot of, of trouble when it comes to switching on ball screens. Because those are two guys that, as of right now, uh, with Kristaps' with current mobility being what it is, and we'll see if that is something that can improve as he continues to get healthier, that could be a real problem. But at the same time, uh, the offense is, after being you know what it was last year, which was a historically great offense, has been kind of clunky for them this year. Um, Luka continuing to you know struggle shooting from deep. 
Um, and it's it's been better as of late. But, you know, trading away Seth Curry, I think, hurt that a lot and bringing in a guy in Josh Richardson who just isn't that guy. Um, not the guy that I think we, a lot of people expect him to be when um, he went to the Sixers from the Heat. Um, a very solid player, but just not exactly the ne- the perfect fit next to Luka. But um, the thing is, when it comes to a Kevin Love trade, it's exactly that. There aren't a lot of teams interested in trading for him because the contract is so bad. If you're going to trade Kevin Love, it is very, very unlikely that you're going to get anything of value in return other than salary relief. And while it's not an asset, while it's not a young player, while it's not a pick, salary relief is an important thing for a team like this because it allows you to take on potentially other bad contracts and get those picks. Um, and for a team that you know is going to be in a position where they have to extend Jared Allen this offseason... Uh, obviously, they aren't going to be, you know, tied up in Drummond money anymore. That's out of the picture. That's out of the conversation. But it allows the team to take on other bad money if need be. Or even, you know, maybe I, – I won't even say make a run under free agent. I don't think that they can still do that. But um, it just – it opens up a lot of other options to take on bad contracts and – do so and acquire assets along with it and send the luxury tax along with it because you're not having to pay Kevin Love. So I think that's where, you know, the value in that comes in. With that being said, I think, and again, I'm, I'm not sure if this would match up exactly. I think it, it actually get really pretty close. I think you could do it. The deal would basically be, in my eyes, James Johnson and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Kevin Love. Oh, t- poor Tim Hardaway. Oh, man. <laughs> He's, Tim he's, Hardaway, who's making nineteen million on expiring, James Johnson, who's making sixteen million on expiring. I would, I mean, I'm all for it. Those are both expiring contracts. Sign me up. If it happens, sign me up for it. Like I, I think that's that would be pretty much what it would have to be as far as like salary matching goes. Now, what happens other than that? Maybe the Cavaliers give a second round pick as compensation for taking on that money because James Johnson and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Kevin Love is better than both of them, but. I think, but they're you're, buying you're giving two, up some you're, giving, you're buying into two more years of him too, right? He's got two more years That's, after this. I believe Kevin has, yeah, two more years after this at um, thirty-one and twenty-nine million dollars. So, you know, maybe there's some minor draft, you know, compensation that has to be involved there, and maybe that's kind of where Cleveland draws the line and still says absolutely not. Uh, I would honestly go the other way. I think if it's if the cost is a second-round pick, and if you can make it one that's either down the line when the Cavs are hopefully a better team, and it's not a high second, um, that that is something I think they should definitely explore. What would you? Yeah, I, I think you, I agree. You would be in on that as well. I would be. I would one hundred percent be in on that because listen, I, I, I Kevin Love. Now we haven't seen him play, and I'm I haven't heard anything, but there were talks that he was close close to being playing again, and then yes. he didn't play at all. So I was kind of questioning yes. that. You have to imagine that when we come back from the All Star game, they're gonna—he's gonna play, right? I mean, here's the thing: you got to hope. Well, you got to hope. <laughs> you got to hope. Here's why you got to hope. Here's why we got to hope because we got to showcase him for two or games, two or three yes. games. Showcase him and say, "Hey, look at—he can still play." And then maybe, maybe you don't have to give up that second round pick. And I, and I wouldn't be opposed to giving out that second round pick, quite frankly, because if we can get rid of him. And get rid of that contract for next year. I'm I'm just thinking next year because listen, we're gonna sign Jared Allen. Okay, I, if we don't keep Sexton, like 
uh, we can start our contract. We got we got two big contracts that are probably coming, and then we have to really make a decision going forward. And quite frankly, I, I'm already thinking three years down the line. I and I know Love would be off of the books for that point, but we got to start making our moves because we need to make sure that we can keep. Because I'm telling you right now, like we said already, Okoro is going to be huge for us if we're going to be a contender anytime soon uh, on the defensive end of the floor. And I want to make sure we have all mm-hmm. the blains to keeping him. I'm all about keeping Sexton right now. I'm all about keeping Jared Allen. I'm not 100% on Garland yet, um, but those three You'll get play- there. Uh, you'll get there. Oh, you'll, I'll get there? You're saying I'm going to get there? Yes, you will. Point? You'll get there. Okay. But I'm just saying, those three guys, we need to make sure we have all the financial means to get them to stay, but also attract someone else to make people want to stay. And, and we want people to stay. We are a small market team. We don't have LeBron. The only chance that we ever have at LeBron coming back is drafting Bronny. Okay? So, we listen, <laughs> we, we got to make all the right moves right now to set, us our, set ourselves up for the future. And that is, if that means we can get rid of Kevin Love, you do it. Even if that means you have to eat a second round pick. I won't, I would say, I would even say this. I'm bold. This is bold, Justin. If it's a late first round pick, I'd be willing to give it up. That I, I'll draw the line there. I would not give up a late first. Um, I, I think. Okay, I, I here's, think if, here's, if the Cavs here, were willing to give up a late first, a deal probably would have been done by now. If the Cavs, if the Cavs give up a late first but get an early second back, are you willing? Are you willing to hear that? Maybe. Yeah. It depends on how. I'm just like, trying to see what like, I have to do to get you to agree to this trade. So that's just wondering. Okay, so the 29th pick for the 32nd pick. Sure. Okay. I will do that. I will give up a late first if I can get a really late first and get back a a really early second. I would do that. Okay. But otherwise, I I don't think that first-round picks are in the conversation. Because, again, I think the major, like, upside of trading a guy like Kevin Love, in my opinion, is still – opening up the opportunity to get assets back. And I think giving up a first-round pick would be counterintuitive. But that's just me. And it depend, again, it depends on what plan was in place. Obviously, we wouldn't know that right now. Yep. Um, one other team I want to bring up is the Sacramento Kings, who have also <laughs> expressed interest in Kevin Love. Uh, whether that's smart or not, I'll leave it up to you. But I do just want to say, the Kings are also a team that could be selling here. Uh, Buddy Heald is on a less than desirable contract that I'm sure they would love to get off of. Harrison Barnes is, you know, getting, you know, they've some, already said Barnes. Is, they've said they've said multiple times that Barnes isn't on the table. They're not selling. They're not. They're not trading him. I've read that multiple times. We'll see if that happens. We'll see if that happens. It, it might. It might. They, the pl- the we'll person they should trade is Luke Walton. That's who they really should trade. They just owe him too much money <laughs> to fire him <laughs> yeah, um, at this point. But Marvin Bagley is another guy that um, I think they're they're probably at this point looking to trade Marvin Bagley. I think you know there are even reports saying that. I'm not sure exactly how this would work, but I just want to kind of throw the loose framework at you. Oh. Buddy Heald, who is making 24.7 million this year, 22.7 million next year, 20.8 the year after. And 18.8 the year after that. So he extends out three years after this one for a player that has been struggling to shoot the ball. Uh, he's, he's had some good games as of late, I'll actually say. But overall, he's been struggling to shoot the ball. Um, isn't young, despite popular belief. 
is there a way in your eyes the Cavaliers could, and, and would you even be interested in? I was having this. I was having this discussion with Dan on Twitter uh, about uh, Marvin Bagley. If there was a way to package Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley for Kevin Love, and I'm not even like considering like what other draft compensation. I just want to know would that base package interest? Well, you? listen, you don't know this about me, but I'm a huge Buddy Heald fan. <laughs> so, oh my, you are a bit, okay. I'm okay. a Buddy Heald fan ever since he played in Oklahoma. I love him. I would, I would be all about, I would be all about Buddy Heald being a Cavalier. Now, maybe that's just my bias coming in. Um, I, and I think, listen, I want to be clear. I think Buddy Heald is better than he's playing this year. And and my main reason is because Luke Walton's the coach and, and I name a player that's played better. And listen, we can't talk about the Warriors. We can't because they were playing with Steve Kerr's system. Everything was in place. And, and the team actually, if you really go back and you look at when they that was the year after was that so remind me the year that Walton coached was that the year that they had they went 73 and 9 or was that the no? I think that was a year after if I'm not mistaken so the year that was the year they had Kevin Durant right that he was an assistant that he was an assistant I yeah, believe so yeah, I'm so, a little bit foggy so on theoretically that. the team should have gotten better and and I, once again you bring in a new player in and whatnot but I throw out that I don't count that as a Luke Walton head coaching job because that wasn't no, really no, his no, no, team. No. Okay, Neither do I. But you he look at assistant. you look at the Lakers team, terrible with him, and I know that yes. that that roster was terrible. Okay, then you look at what he's done in Sacramento the last I don't know what two seasons, three I don't know mm-hmm. if it's technically three two. now two and a half or whatever two. It's they're terrible. This team should be better than what they are. They, they should Can be. I throw one guy at you that has improved under uh, Luke Walton? Go ahead. Give me one player. Rashawn Holmes. Who? <laughs> okay. Congrats, Rashawn Holmes. I've heard your name. Push shot floater god, Rashawn Holmes. I've, I've, heard, you, I've heard his alum. name three times maybe in my life. So, Rashawn Holmes, congrats. Oh, come on. Rashawn Holmes is a, a quality starting center in the NBA. You need to learn his name. Uh, okay. I just... Maybe it's just because I don't watch the Sacramento Kings very often. Maybe that's that, and, and, you know and that's I, fair. Here's that what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this for you, Mike. I'm gonna do this for you, Justin. On Mike, on our episode on Tuesday night, I'm gonna ask Mike, who, what team does Rashawn Holmes play for? And I'm gonna see if he can. Tell, I will be listening. I, I'm gonna ask him that question. That's gonna be the first <laughs> question I ask him. Who does Rashawn Holmes play for, Mike? And I'm gonna see if he can tell me Sacramento Kings because he is a big uh, Fox. Fan, he thinks Deron Fox okay. is going to be really, really good, and he so he looks at the box scores for Sacramento a lot. He doesn't watch <laughs> as much, but he he's a big he's a box score junkie. Mike is he is a huge okay. Okay. box score junkie, and I'm going to ask him what team does Rayshon Holmes play for, and we'll see if he if he listens or if knows the answer to that question. Because I'm going to tell you now, I don't think that he would know that he plays for the Sacramento Kings. And he is a box I'll be disappointed. Coach. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't know Rashawn Holmes played for the Kings. Where did he this play is for like the, this is a quality. He, where does he play at college? Where did he go to Bowling college? Bowling Green. Oh, that's why you know my wait, current wait. school. Wait, that's okay, that is not the reason okay, I know that's him. That's the reason. There we go. Ding, ding. The ding. dude is also the starting center for the Sacramento Kings and having a great season. Okay, 
the starting point for power forward for the Cavs is Dean Wade. If I asked that, and I guess I'm a big NBA fan. Okay, on a healthy Sacramento Kings roster, he is their starting center still. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. (laughs) As a center shooting 80% from the line, 66% on twos, like a million percent on floaters, the guy's good. He's been good. He was good in Sacramento. Is he the best best player to ever come out of Bowling Green? Uh, No, Nate Thurmond is. Oh, throwing it back, Nate Thurmond. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I'm just – I. I guess I should probably know Rayshon Holmes, but I don't. So, so I apologize. I didn't mean to insult. I forgive you. I didn't insult. I didn't mean to insult your alma or your current school. I mean, you couldn't. You probably. I went to be. I went to Baldwin Wallace, so it's not like anyone has ever come out of Baldwin Wallace that played. Yeah, uh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you an NBA player from there. Well, that's that's a that's a Division three school, so I don't think an NBA player has ever come out of, come out of Baldwin Wallace. So. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, Rayshon Holmes, I apologize if you're offended because uh, you're listening to this podcast. I truly, truly apologize. <laughs> All right. Uh, I do have one more major question just because it was something that me and Dan disagreed with on Twitter. Um, how do you view Marvin Bagley at this point, who is having a bad season, to put it you know, out there, um, his confidence seems shot. Uh, he's not a good defender. His feet, his footwork is just flat out bad, which is kind of surprising considering where he was at in college. Um, he's traveling a ton in the post and just doesn't really, like I said, I, I think it's just a confidence thing with him mostly. That's a little how I feel. Because this is just, I mean, like, I don't know. And you talk about Luke Walton again. You talk about the situation with his dad, what trying to trade him out of, feet, or out of Sacramento himself. It's just kind of a messy situation for him. What is your view of Marvin Bagley at this point? Here's the problem with Marvin Bagley. I do despise Duke with a burning passion, Justin. And, okay. And and, and and so my opinion, I don't. I'm sorry to say that I probably agree with Dan based on what you just said. Um, you know, I I probably I would probably take on Marvin Bagley just to get Buddy healed because I'm a huge Buddy Heald fan. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing, he looked like he was solid and going to be a solid NBA player. And, and I think he still has the potential to be a solid NBA player. Here's the problem. Everyone's going to look at him as he's the second pick in a draft that had Luca and Trey Young and technically Sacramento passed on Luca when they should have yes. taken Luca. It was all the writing was on the wall for Sacramento to take Luca. They would have had Peja but better than Peja, although I don't even know. You know who Peja Stojakovic is, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, listen. You didn't know. You didn't know about the Daryl Armstrong dunk in the dunk contest where he. he okay, that is that is fair. You have something so on that him. was from 1996. Well, Peja, that was the first time I had seen that. So Peja Stojakovic <laughs> was a little bit closer to current times than that, but not far off. So you're a little young, Justin. So I had to make sure you knew Peja Stojakovic. Okay. But, yes, okay. Okay, so he Luca would have been the new Peja. And even more in, embarrassing is the fact that another foreign guy was the GM, didn't draft him, Vladi Divac. You, yes. You're no longer part of the Sacramento Kings. That's Marvin Bagley's biggest problem. He They're looking at him and saying, well, look at Trey Young. 
he's probably a better defender than Trey Young. But look at Trey Young and how he's not performing. by a wide margin. No, I know, I know, I know. But look at Trey Young and how he's performing. Look at Luca and how he's performing. Luca's going to be a MVP MVP front runner probably for seven years. Like, is he? Is he like? There's going to be seven years of his career where you're going to be like, he could win the MVP. All right. Yes. I, I I think that's the problem. No one's gonna. I can say right now. On March seventh, twenty twenty one at nine thirty, there is no chance in hell that Marvin Bagley <laughs> ever wins an MVP. <laughs> I don't think anybody disagrees with you. Maybe his dad. Maybe Marvin Bagley's dad disagrees with you. But but I uh, would take. I would, I would. I would. If if it's if you all you have to give up is Kevin Love to get Bagley and Buddy Heald, and maybe you know if we had to give up a conditional pick or something. Maybe maybe you can maybe you can talk me into taking on Bagley for that. I I, I would. What's the what's the worst that's going to happen? It's not going to pan out. But you got rid of Kevin Love and you got a much younger guy. So that that's what I would say. I mean, the thing is this: he would perform better than Kevin Love at this point because Kevin Love has played a mid, a quarter in that a quarter in a game this season. So, and I know Bagley's also been injured too. So would I take him on? Yes. Do I like him? No, because he was a Duke Blue Devil. The end. But I think it would be an interesting look at a guy who could potentially be the starting power forward of the future for you. Um, I think a change of scenery could potentially help him. I, I like what he brings. I think I think he's a better post finisher than he's shown. Um, he's still a heck of an athlete. The hope is that he stays healthy. Uh, obviously, we'll see about that as his, year, as his career goes on. But uh, it's interesting. I wouldn't mind taking a flyer. I don't know if you could take a flyer in this situation purely because like, I don't know how the Cavs in particular view Buddy Heald's contract compared to Kevin Love's. Uh, it's it's basically less money like per year, but an extra year on the end. So I'm assuming that it, it would probably have to be, you know, some sort of it, well, it would definitely be some sort of compensation heading to Sacramento along with it. Um, it just depends on how much. And I think I, I wouldn't, would you do, I guess maybe you would just cause you like Buddy Heald, but I'll just, I'll pose the question this way. Would you give up two like mid to high second round picks for Marvin Bagley? So it would just, just be Marvin Bagley. Two, like just like in a, in a, in a world where, where salaries don't matter. Two second round two, picks for Mark, Marvin like, Bagley? Mid to high second rounders for oh, Marvin I Bagley. Oh, I would for sure give him, give, give him, give up. Two mid, I would totally do that. I there's no there's no question okay. I would do that. I I I don't think he's that bad. I'd give him because like once again we go back to our conversation we had earlier in the quarter in the early in the in this in this segment was the second round picks. How often do they work out? Like how often do they yeah. work out? I think Bagley's better than that in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I. You twisted my arm, Justin. You you bought you bought got me to buy in. I I would be willing to give up two second round picks for him. Yes, that's what I wanted to hear. That's all I wanted to hear. Did you want to hear that <laughs> in back to back in three straight possessions we had a Steph Curry alley oop, a Chris Paul alley oop, and then a Dame Lillard three from half court for Team LeBron. What's the score right now? I haven't been watching. Well, well, Team LeBron won the first quarter by two points, and then Team LeBron just won the okay. second quarter by nineteen points. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's looking like the Elam end. It's a hundred. 
It's 100 to 80 after two quarters. It's not looking like the Elam ending is going to be that exciting <laughs> if uh, team Team Durant doesn't come out and uh, play well in the second and third quarter. That's all I'm going to say. But um, it could happen. You never know. You never know. Let's wrap it up here, Jason. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some All Stars. Uh, particularly on the Cavaliers. Obviously, the Cavaliers have nobody in All-Star Weekend right now. Um, they didn't even have anyone named Rising Stars, which I think was a shame because the U.S. versus World format is flawed. We don't have to get into that. Well, there's, not enough, there's, not enough, there's not enough spots because the world doesn't have that many players that are in the first two years there. It's the, it's the garbage. It's terrible. Michael Mulder made the Rising Stars t- was announced to the Rising Stars team, and Darius Garland wasn't. That's Fox, that's Fox, all I have to say. Did you say Fox Mulder made the Rising Stars no, team? No, Michael Mulder. Oh, Michael Mulder. I was getting X Files. I want to believe X Files oh. vibes. You even you probably you even knew that you didn't even know what that reference was. Oh man, I didn't. No. Oh god, go watch go watch X Files, Justin. You guys are okay. so young. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Facundo Campazzo made Rising Stars, who's 29 years old. Uh, but anyway, those no are two, Rising those Stars are two guys I've right never heard of before. You've never heard of Facundo Campazzo? Unfortunately not, Justin. I don't as th- soon as we get off of this recording, as soon as we get off of this recording, you need to go look up some Facundo Campazzo highlights. The guy is a very fun player. What team is he on? The Denver Nuggets. He's like a European or – he's either from like somewhere in Europe did or Argentina. Bull, I'm not did exactly Bull, sure. Did Bull make the Rising Stars team? No, he didn't. He hasn't played enough. Okay. But um, anyway, Darius Garland didn't make this Rising Stars challenge is the point I'm trying to make. It was a disappointment, but whatever. Um, I would have liked to see a guy like Darius compete in a, like a skills challenge or something. I think he'd do well there. Obviously, with the groin strain, that was never going to happen, and it's not like they were bringing that many guys to this all-star bubble anyway, if you even want to call it a bubble. But anyway, the Cavaliers don't have anybody representing them in the all-star weekend uh, in any of the events. I'll pose this question to you, Jason. Who is the next Cavalier to be in the all-star game? On the current roster, I, I would have to say Sexton, right? Like either him or Allen. I don't think Allen's going to get there because big men aren't lauded over. I would have to say Sexton. I think that I know you brought up Garland. I think that Okoro should have been, and his numbers aren't going to look great on the offensive end of the floor. But he's playing defense against. I think Okoro deserved the Rising Stars more than Garland personally, um, just because of his defensive, what he's having to do every night on the defensive end of the floor. I mean. There were there were three there was three straight games where he's guarding like three straight players that have been on the All NBA first team multiple times. So I think Okoro should have been on over Garland even, but obviously that didn't happen. And but I think Sexton's probably the most likely. The problem that he has is the guard position now. With I think if Harden if Harden doesn't move to the East. I think Sexton was a serious, probably might have been a serious consideration uh, for for a spot. I don't think he would have gotten it, but I think he would have been one of the last guys out. But now you've got you've got you've got Harden, you've got you have Levine who's risen up. You've got yeah, you've got Harden, you've got Levine, you've got Irving, you've got all these guys, and Beal. I just Beal. You got yeah. all these guards now in the East. And it's not trust me, it's not even better in the Trey West. Trey Young didn't make it. What'd you say? I said Trey Young didn't make it. Well, Trey Young didn't make it, but 
That's I, what I'm just saying. It's a, it's a loaded guard class in the conference. It's a loaded guard conference. class, and Trey Young doesn't play defense. So there was no way he was getting in as a coach's pick. Like <laughs> That's true. So I that, I think it's got to be Sexton. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it has to be him. If we're just talking about the All-Star game, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, there was a point in this season where he was looking like a, a serious candidate. Um, there was not any point in the season where I think I would have like realistically put him in, but he was like right there. Uh, I think and in the eyes of almost everybody that 0 and 10 stretch kind of, you know, put that, you know, that hope to bed. Um, and then they, they bounced back and, you know, had a, had a good little run there at the end. But I think, yeah, out of everybody here, I think Sexton, if we're just talking about all-star rosters is undoubtedly the most likely guy to make it right now. Um, I think Jared Allen has a chance. I really do. Um, I'm not sure if it's as soon as Sexton, but I think in the prime of his career, he's a guy who could, I think he's a guy who could get to like one or two all-star games. I don't know if he's going to cap out as much more than that, but is there anybody outside of that right now? I think those are probably the main two guys. I I'm, I don't know. And I, I'm obviously higher on Darius Garland than you are. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to make it there right now. I'm not confident to. I'm, I'm not ready to say yet that he is a future All Star. I, I I'm going to say no to that right now. Would you be in agreement there? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I still think he, like I'm I'm high on Darius. Like I think that he is this team's starting point guard, unless like you get Cade Cunningham and like those two just don't work together. But I'm still I'm still out on on that the All Star conversation right now. For sure, I, I I think other than other than the two that you've mentioned, you know, uh, I don't see anyone um, being an all star. Uh, you know, no Lamar Stevens love, no Lamar Stevens love, no um, I I would love to no have Roderick a, Thomas love, no <laughs> no Roderick Thomas. I I would say like who's the next player after those two in my opinion, and and it's probably. It's, this is never happening. It's probably Nance. I would put uh, Nance is way more all around game. I, I don't know. I, I like Nance I just more think, than Garland, but I think I don't think there's any chance Nance ever makes an All Star game. I just be clear here. I just think, uh, yeah, I don't think Nance has a chance at at any point. And I, don't I just think, think I don't think Okoro Darius has more think, shots at it. Yeah, I, I, I think okay. Okoro is going to be a fantastic starter for his entire career, but I don't know if he's ever going to be an All Star, and I think that's okay. Like, like if I had to, I'm trying to think of who I'm thinking of. Like Okoro, he reminds me of someone like who, who was on the, who was on that Pistons team that was real. He kind of reminds me. He's not as lanky as is the guy I'm about. Are you gonna say Tayshon Prince? I am totally gonna say Tayshon Prince. He reminds me of Tayshon Prince. He does all the little things that you need in a in a really good player, but he's never gonna be considered for an All Star game. Would you agree with that statement? I don't think that their games are identical, but yeah, I, I like. I think that that's kind of like the tier of player that he could become. I think like the Andre Iguodala tier of player. Yep. Hey, Finals MVP. Never know. Fine. Hey, it could happen. It could happen. You never know. The, the next great Cavs team, Isaac Okoro guards the next LeBron and shuts him down. No, no, it's going to be Isaac Okoro, Colin Sexton shuts down Bron- Luka. Bronny Junior and Bron. Here we go. That's how LeBron at age 42 playing in his 18th finals or whatever it is. Yeah, there you go. But um, 
Jason, you got anything else that you got to hit on before we get out of here? No, man. Dunk Contest is about to start, and I know you probably want to watch it, so I, I, I think I'm good. Who you got in the Dunk Contest? Who you got in the gun? I've I'm, got Cassius Stanley. I'm taking, Do you know who Cassius Stanley is? Yes, I know. He plays for the Pacers. I'm going to take, uh, I'm gonna take uh, my boy, the guy that I wanted the Cavs to draft. Thank God with you. Oh, no. I'm taking Obi Toppin for this. <laughs> I'm taking Obi Toppin for this. Listen, I said thank God they didn't take him, so just be clear here. I don't, yes, yes, yes. I'm, yes, yes, I'm yes, going to yes. take Obi Toppin because he played for Dayton and – and I know you're probably not a huge Dayton fan, but I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Obi Toppin. Should have been a national okay. champion. Should have been a national champion last year, but March Madness didn't happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Obi <laughs> Toppin because he's definitely not winning a championship in New York. So Obi Toppin. <laughs> all right, all right. I just think my my thing is I am more of a uh, guard type of guy than a big. Just because I think it always looks more impressive when the guard does it, and that's enough to win the judges over. Now, there is always the Aaron Gordon. I don't know if he's quite at the level of Aaron Ooh. Gordon as a dunker. Oh, that was a nice But we dunk. shall see. Cassius Stanley just had a really nice dunk. He, he oh, it's already the... started? Oh, yeah, man. They're not messing around. Oh, man. I guess they got to go. It's at halftime. Yeah, he just, he but, just um... uh, he lobbed it to himself, like did the whole, like, you shoot shoot a shot, you catch it off the dribble, and then it went between yeah. his legs. That was nice. pretty nice. Okay. Left-handed dunk. He's not a left-handed player, is he? I don't think so. I haven't watched enough. And of that's really that's really an impressive dunk. I like it. Okay, it looks like right, you well, made anyway, a good pick. Go, Cassius Stanley. You got this. Sorry, Anthony Simons. We didn't show you any appreciation here. But uh, with that, thanks, Jason, for coming on and talking with me for the last hour and a half during the All Star Game. Uh, appreciate you always as coming on. We'll have to get you on again soon. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Um, if you enjoyed, subscribe. Never miss another episode. They'll keep coming out twice a week. Uh, go back and listen to some other episodes. We got, at this point, 65 other episodes for you to listen to if you haven't already. So go ahead and do that. Leave a rating. Leave a review. All the fun stuff. And uh, with that, we will uh, we'll talk soon, Jason. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.